Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We have a tremendous show for you today. Uh, I can't wait to get to it, but I will just for another minute so we can hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back, and as promised, we have a fantastic show for you today. We have with us State Representative Joseph Wagner from Chicopee. Do I use the word retiring? State Representative Joe Wagner from Chicopee? I, I guess that's... Uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm not running for re-election. It's time, George, I think, and I've okay. been 31 plus years, and um, I've really enjoyed it, and to be candid, uh, I circled uh, this date on the calendar about six years ago, and, and I'd lost a very close friend to cancer. And I said that, uh, you know, given uh, the goodwill uh, and support of the voters, and if I still had my health, that I thought it would be an appropriate stopping off point. And as I got closer to it, I never deviated from the, the thought. All right. Well, c- congratulations on that. Uh, are in order, I believe. So before we get to anything else, I want you to turn the clock back 30 years you're, you were 30, 31 years old then. You were first elected to the House. Did, did you, in your wildest imagination, think you would uh, be talking to me or doing a podcast in 2022 uh, still as a legislator representing Chicopee in Western Massachusetts? Did that thought no, even no, enter no. your mind then? No. Yeah, no. In fact, in fact, um, uh, I had run along with two others in the Democratic primary to succeed Ken Lemansky, and he at the time was serving as the vice chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and he was highly regarded in the district and highly regarded uh, in the state house. And he was a very effective lawmaker, and uh, you know it was uh, I, I knew I had um, uh, not big shoes to fill, but but uh, I was certainly following uh, if I were to win somebody who was very prominent and had done a good job for the city. And so, uh, and I ran and won in a special election. So had to run again six months later. So my thought was that, uh, I had six months to try and, uh, accomplish some things. And, uh, then we would see what, what would follow, but never did I at that time, uh, foresee even remotely the possibility that we'd be sitting here today, 31 years later. What, what has kept you in the House and, and in that seat for 30 years? Well, uh, that's a great question. And uh, the, the answer is that, um, you know, when I ran, the one commitment I made to the voters and to the people of Chicopee is that I would make clear to people in Boston that, um, that Chicopee was more than just an exit on the Massachusetts Turnpike. And I really mm-hmm. uh, believe that the way that you do that is to get things done and, um, you know, uh, talk is one thing, but uh, getting results and getting things done is another. And, and that's always the most important thing. And I think that's why people uh, elect people to office to represent them. 
And I was always driven by wanting to uh, do things uh, for my district, uh, while at the same time trying to, you know, move up in the, the structure that exists in the state house and to, to be a player there, uh, but to do that in a way that allowed me to accomplish things here in the district. And I've had the good fortune of working with uh, local partners, mayors, and, and city councils who have had agendas that I've been able to help uh, uh, them work to deliver. And so whether it uh, was, was new building, uh, new school building construction or uh, uh, new road and bridge infrastructure, uh, workforce development initiatives, economic development initiatives, um, I, I've had an opportunity as I have served and risen through the ranks of, of the legislature to uh, try and use the, the, the experience um, and influence that I gained over time for the, for the good of the district and the region, I, I mm -hmm. would like to think. Okay. Two exits off the turnpike, actually. <laughs> yeah, exit six, which uh, doesn't, uh, you're right, George, doesn't touch any part of Springfield, even though it's, it's the Springfield exit. I think some of the right of way off that roadway may touch Springfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, the turnpike uh, itself or the road infrastructure doesn't. So you want to look back over 30 years and touch on what you think are, are some of your your big accomplishments, um, things that you yeah, want to you know, put at the top uh, of the resume when you're done? Yeah, I don't, because uh, I haven't really thought a lot about that, and, and I suppose I will perhaps on the back end, but... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I break it down, I think, into different areas. Locally, I referenced uh, school building construction and, and road and bridge uh, infrastructure and um, uh, things like that, economic development initiatives. Uh, we, we've reconstructed and rebuilt every major road and bridge in the city of Chicopee. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud to have been um, instrumental in working with others to deliver two new high schools and uh, uh, having renovated a middle school uh, that uh, was a former high school and having um, uh, renovated a, uh, an elementary school, uh, which is now a middle school. And, and those things have meaning. And, and, and then on the policy side, we've tried to deliver uh, an education infrastructure that, that matches the, the improvements to the buildings. We had the Student Opportunity Act that we did uh, uh, in the last session and, and over my time in office, we, we've delivered two major uh, uh, commitments of increased multi-year funding for K through 12 education. And, and those are things I'm, I'm proud of. So those are local things. And then uh, regionally, I have uh, worked with my colleagues and other communities to try and, you know, as I gained uh, some, some stature in the legislature, I've, I've tried to work with my colleagues to help them deliver uh, things for for their districts, and um, you know, and and uh, they take the lead, and I've I've tried to help, but we've done some good things uh, across the region, and and I'll just sort of leave it at that. But then on a, a statewide level, which would be the third piece, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to chair a couple of significant committees. Um, well, I chaired election laws when uh, we had a deal with a state uh, voter passed clean elections law, and. Uh, there, there were, uh, that was a multifaceted uh, thing and the, the rollout wasn't uh, clean and, and there were problems with that law and it was eventually uh, repealed. And that was the, the, the crux of that was public financing for political campaigns and everybody supports clean elections, but not everybody supports um, 
the use of unlimited amounts of public tax dollars to finance campaigns that they might not uh, support. So I was in the middle of that. And then I chaired uh, transportation for eight years uh, during the period of Boston's big dig. But uh, one of the, the positive results of that was the amount of federal and state dollars that found their way to Western Massachusetts as the feds sort of turned off the, the spigot of funding uh, to the uh, uh, central artery project in Boston. And and then I chaired the Economic Development Committee for eight years, and uh, we did four economic development uh, omnibus uh, bills that that uh, the, the centerpieces of which were job creation and uh, innovation, and and uh, and we did mass life sciences. When I chaired the committee, we we reauthorized uh, an expiring ten year commitment at a at a new uh, five year half a billion dollar level, and. Casino gaming uh, was obviously uh, one of those things that uh, uh, the bill emerged from. Uh, my committee, the governor in the previous session had vetoed the bill. I had been at transportation and then the speaker sent me over to economic development and we were able to get a, uh, a bill done there. So, you know, I've had an opportunity uh, locally and, and regionally and on a statewide basis to really be in the mix and, and you know, others will determine uh, how well I, you know, have, have served, but um uh, but I feel good about having been uh, in the mix and at the table. All right, we'll get back to casinos in, in a minute. Uh, you mentioned a, a little bit back uh, trying to convince people in Boston that Chicopee was more than an exit off the turnpike. We we talk a lot about out here about the inequity between East and West and other cliches like leveling the playing field. Do you think we've made any progress in your 30 years and uh, letting those east of 128 to know that uh, we're, we're out here and that uh, we count too? Yeah. You know, George, that's, that's, I, I bring this up in conversation all the time. I bring it up with people in my district. I bring it up with uh, uh, people in the business community and in the nonprofit sector. And I bring it up with my, my colleagues, certainly. And, um, and uh, the, the, you know, I've never subscribed to the idea that, that we are, um, you know, we are sort of downtrodden out here, and uh, I've never subscribed to the idea that, uh, you know, the whole woe is us thing. I, I just don't, I think if you're trying to get things done, and and you, you, you know, you offer up that uh, perhaps we're, we're victims out here a little bit, I think it's more difficult to get things done, and I, I think it becomes self-fulfilling, and I've never thought that uh, that was the best approach to, uh you know, trying to, to accomplish things. So I, I take a little different view than a lot of people do. And, and it just means that you, you have to double down in order to create situations that uh, provide for regional equity. And, and the way you do that, it is uh, through partnerships and those partnerships in government uh, uh, would require that all of the representatives in the Western region, the four Western counties uh, get together to agree on, certain things that will benefit all of us, even if they, uh, at least on the surface, might benefit one district more than another. So pick an area of policy, whether it's infrastructure, uh, moving commerce and people to and from places, whether it's economic development and targeted investments uh, in, in uh, job creation that might happen in one county, uh, but might be to the benefit of people in the four Western counties. Th those are the ways in which I think we try to need to uh, look at these things. And uh, so, you know, and there's a lot of talk about East-West Rail. You haven't asked about it yet. It's probably, it's probably on your list, but uh, I, I take a different view even on that one. I, 
I'm still waiting to hear the, the sound, rational, reasonable uh, argument that uh, discussion about East-West Rail should rise to the level where it sucks all the air out of the room and uh, precludes discussions about other important things that are more in front of us that could help grow the Western Massachusetts economy. And so I look at East-West Rail uh, in, in the following way. And, and again, I chaired transportation for eight years, so I know a lot about uh, rail. It's, it's costly to build. It's costly to maintain. It is heavily subsidized. Um, ridership levels in less densely populated areas uh, bring into question whether the investment uh, at the, the levels that are being discussed uh, makes it a worthy investment. And, you know, with technological advances, be, before I uh, get, get, you know, way out in front or, or solidly behind uh, uh, building, you know, uh, uh, a rail system that uh, when held up against today's technology and autonomous vehicles and clean energy and different ways of moving people to and from, I tend to come down on some other things in terms of growing this region. And so, um, and, and that's where I think that, that we should be directing our efforts, our time, our resources. And I think we're losing opportunities if, if uh, the one discussion, um, you know, uh, comes at the expense of other things that may be closer. And I'll give you the perfect example. South, South Coast Rail has been talked about uh, since before I came into office, and it still hasn't happened. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, a, I don't know, a billion and a half dollar project then, which is uh, $15 billion or more now. Um, and that's even having scaled it back. And, and, and that region hasn't grown in the way that it could and in, and in the way that it should. And so that, that would be the parallel I would offer. So I've, I've rambled on a little bit about it, but uh, the, the, it's a long answer. The short answer is I don't subscribe and I never have to the idea that it's a woe is us kind of thing here in the, in the West. Okay. All right, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with uh, State Representative Joseph Wagner, who will not be running for re-election after more than three decades in office. Uh, we talked about casinos earlier. Uh, you were you had a, a big role in bringing casinos to the state. Uh, they've opened almost four years ago now hasn't been a smooth ride and the pandemic obviously uh, is making it difficult to assess just how well the casinos are doing in this state. But uh, can you uh, offer your opinion now? Uh, sure. I, I think, um, I think the, the, the rollout, although uh, it took a while from the passage of the legislation and its enactment into law in the fall of uh, 2011, you know, it, it took a while to get to uh, having brought the facilities online with MGM having come online in, in uh, August of 2018, I believe. Um, but, but I think uh, post rollout, it's, it's been uh, a good experience, um, notwithstanding the, the uh, uh, challenges that the pandemic, um, you know, brought uh, uh, to and upon every industry in, in Massachusetts. And um I know that people thought revenue numbers were off at the at the start, but but those were always projections. I mean, the reality is always what the reality is, and and the projections were used to try and make the case for it, I suppose. And um, and uh, I, I think they were people's uh, best case uh, efforts uh, at, at at pegging what the revenues to the state might be. But um, I, I'm pleased with it, and I'm pleased with it on the the, the following fronts. Uh, it, it it's created. Uh, 
uh, a new industry here in Massachusetts. It, um, uh, I think it's been fairly well received. And, uh, uh, I think that, uh, if you were to ask uh, the mayor of Springfield and, and, and Springfield leaders, and I mentioned Springfield, they're the largest uh, city, uh, or the capital city of, uh, Western Massachusetts. Um, uh, it's improved, uh, uh, the standing economically of that community. And that tends to have a ripple effect into other communities. There are people uh, across uh, uh, the Pioneer Valley and outside of the Pioneer Valley who are employed uh, there. I think on the regulatory side, we've, we've become a, a model for other states that are looking to either uh, uh, bring uh, gaming uh, in the form of resort casinos uh, uh, into their states. I, I think on the uh, regulatory side, we've, we've done a really good job uh, and um, between the attorney general and uh, her having a, a, a division of the state police within her office uh, to, to uh, oversee enforcement to the on-site uh, uh, people, procedures, uh, policies and regulations that we have at the casino uh, to, to uh, deal with any possible thing that may come up. Uh, to the things we did in terms of policy on um, problem gaming and identifying uh, 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 people who uh, may have a problem uh, uh, and an addiction to gambling, I think we did uh, some some good things there. And and so I think overall it's been you know having brought a new industry online in this Commonwealth and mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, there are people who support gaming and and take advantage of the fact that it's here uh, to to spend recreational dollars and and for their personal enjoyment. Uh, I don't happen to be one of those people, by the way, but that's just me. And, um, but, but for those who want to avail themselves of it, I think it's been, uh, I think it's uh, uh, been as good as we might've hoped for. Okay. In a minute or two that we have left, uh, do you want to touch briefly on what's still to do in your to-do pile before you move on? And then uh, if you will, yeah. talk about what, yeah. what might come next for you. So, so, um, you know, I've never used the word retirement. I've, I've said that I'm not going to uh, run again. And I just, uh, I think you have to know and, and, and have a sense of timing. And for me, uh, I understood that uh, even though I had sort of uh, identified uh, this as a possible date six years ago, it, it felt like the right thing uh, in the last year or so and, and coming into this year. And for a number of reasons, uh, uh, I've been tasked with leading uh, the House conferees and reconciling uh, as to what comes next during the session. There are uh, uh, eight and a half or nine months left, and I've been tasked with overseeing the, uh, the governance bill for the soldiers' homes and uh, an additional residential build-out uh, and an expansion of services for, for veterans in the Commonwealth. And Mike Rush, from uh, my colleague from Boston uh, on the Senate side, is heading it up on that side. And uh, one of the conferees is, is uh, John Bayless from Westfield. So uh, that's front and center. Uh, I'm plugged into this courthouse issue, which has become, uh, uh, it, it, it's really, it, it, it's become very politicized um, from a number of uh, different uh, angles. And, and I think we could get to yes, the idea in solving the courthouse problems and in getting to yes, uh, requires uh, collaboration and that uh, the, our ability to collaborate, um, you know, uh, has been compromised because of politics. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that behind the scenes and, and uh, I watch it closely. I have conversations with the governor, with ANF, with the trial court, and uh, it, it's a, it's a challenge. So, 
Um, but those are two of the big ones. And then uh, legislatively, we've got the budget right in front of us. It was released yesterday in the House. Uh, that will be a, a multi-month process to the uh, uh, run up to the end of formal sessions at the end of July. And then there's a potential for ARPA 2, and there is a potential for an infrastructure bill, uh, which could benefit uh, communities out here in Western Mass. So if we get to those things, um, and it's uh, more likely than not that infrastructure might be even ahead of ARPA, then um, as, as I look at it, at least, then, uh, you know, I'd certainly want Western Mass to be positioned to do well uh, in that round of funding. Okay. Well, good luck with all that, and good luck in the next stage in your career, whatever it might be. And thank you thank for 30 years of hard work. Thank you, George. Good to talk. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you again. Okay. And thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.